Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit Surplings, Podcast 250. This time I don't have a whole lot to talk about, which is why I don't do it every week anymore. But I've played Overwatch quite a bit more, so I'll talk about that. And the Tom Clancy's The Division second beta weekend happened, so I talk about that. And that's it for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So I don't know if there is a really accurate way to tell how much you've been playing Overwatch. There are a couple of things that show uh, time, but they're kind of confusing. I think it's showing that I've played a little over one day, which would probably be about 30 hours. Stats which are tracked for the character don't count time in practice. It's just time in match. So that's probably a good 30 to maybe... 40% of my time played is not being counted, so I can't just add up how much time is on the characters. But I would guess, um, like I said, 20 to 30 hours. I like it quite a bit. It is still very odd that there are no levels or loot, and you just pick it up and play. And if you stop, you, you don't need to worry about missing anything. And in theory, when they come out with new content, unless it's a big, huge patch of some kind... It would probably just be for free, like if they added just one character, it would probably be free. But if, you know, down the line they add like a dozen characters and ten maps, you know, that might be some kind of expansion or something. So it is very old school in that regard, in that you just pick it up and play it, and it has, you know, everything you need, and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting behind or not playing because your friends stopped playing and you didn't want to play and all that stuff. It does get better slash a little bit more fun. As you learn more strategies and more characters, new sort of ways to get around the map and sort of strategies and counter strategies sort of open up and then it becomes a bit more interesting of a game. But I do think that the majority of people are probably good at between two and four characters and so they're often very, very hesitant to switch during a match. Granted, it is still a pretty small beta pool and players are still... Uh, very much getting used to the characters and the maps. So I'm sure that's part of it. There are a few people like me who do have, you know, kind of one favorite for each class, and so they're pretty okay with switching to a different class. But there are different strategies even within each sort of, uh, you know, class type category. So knowing more than one character is very helpful. Like, two ones that I play pretty often are Soldier 76. He's pretty much my main, quote-unquote. And then in that same category of... I'm not sure what they're calling it, but I think it's like, uh, you know, basically the DPS group. There's also Tracer, who I play. And they have kind of very different ability sets, so they're very different for different situations. Soldier 76 is probably the most standard shooter-type character. He's got an assault rifle... And then his right click 
rocket ability, which is sort of on a timer, so you can't use it all the time. And then he's one of the few characters which can auto-run and keep running. Most characters have, like, a very limited sort of mobility. He's the only one I've seen that, you know, you click it and then you run and you go a little bit faster, pretty much as much as you want. But you can't shoot while you're doing it, so pretty much just good for getting back to the battle and then you do your standard, you know, wiggle back and forth kind of thing. And then one of his abilities is he drops sort of an AE heal in a small area, so that's pretty cool. And then his ultimate is he gets like this really awesome auto-aim ability. You just kind of wave your gun around and every person that you're near, uh, it will automatically aim at them and hit. But Tracer is very different, even though she's in the same category. Her movement isn't an auto-run, it's sort of a teleport forward, I would say about 20 game feet. So in terms of being in a fight, she can run up to somebody, do her little shift, and then instantly she's behind them, and then they turn around, and then you just shift again, and then you're behind them again. So she's really super mobile. She can also do things like if she's on the edge of something, she can jump and then do her shift and then she'll get across uh, a small gap. So sometimes she can sort of stay on like the second level, you know, up above people. Her shifting is also limited, so she can't do it all the time. And then one of her abilities is that she sort of rewinds time for her. So say you're shooting and fighting somebody and you get down to half health, use that rewind time ability, and then it'll sort of rewind you to where you were. I think it was three seconds ago. So it'll change your position and can alter your health. So that's another very disorienting thing. And then her ultimate ability is kind of a bomb. So combined with her teleporting, she can sort of scoot in past like a defense line or maybe one of the characters that has like a shield or a bubble of some kind. She just slips right past it drops a bomb, and then zips back out. So tactically, the characters play very differently, even though they're in the same category. So it's really good to learn sort of multiple characters and what their strategies are uh, in terms of, you know, usefulness for fighting against a certain strategy. And the more you do that, the more interesting the game is to play. Again, soloing is very fun, but it's also problematic for certain characters in that they sort of need a certain type of other characters slash support to go with them. Like one of my favorite tank characters, pretty much my only favorite tank character, the other ones are like, meh, is Reinhardt. And he's sort of a classic, really heavy, uh, hammer-wielding paladin, hammer-wielding warrior, not so much paladin because he doesn't have any heals. But his right-click ability is that he gets a big shield, and while he's got this shield up, uh, it protects sort of a small area, but he can't attack at all. So if you've got the shield up, you're really defensive, you're blocking a lot of damage if people don't, you know, walk past you, but you're doing zero damage. So you have to have, you know, DPS-type people following you, they have to be reasonably close or the shield won't protect them, and if you get flanked, it's all over, because you can only protect sort of one facing, so anybody that gets to your sides or your back, uh, you know, just drop you pretty quickly, even though you have, you know, a bunch of health because you're a tank. And then sort of my main healer that I play is Mercy, and she heals by sort of attaching a beam uh, between herself and the character she's healing, 
which is pretty small range. Her movement ability is that if she sees somebody within a certain distance, you can push shift and it'll sort of hop her towards them. But overall, her movement speed is maybe, I'd say, 75% of average. And some characters, like Tracer and Soldier 76, move a little bit faster than average. So if players on your team spread out a lot, Mercy very rapidly becomes pretty much useless because you can't get to the people in time. And if there's a bunch of people and they're all sort of really mobile characters, you're going to have a really hard time uh, trying to follow one to sort of do that hop to get to them. So some characters are really, really, really problematic uh, as a soloer because if the people you're with don't know to sort of watch out for you and adapt to your character's uh, strengths and weaknesses, then you'll be left hanging solo. And there's really no point in even trying to play those characters because they're not going to you know, support you in how that character plays. Would I recommend it at this point? If you are into this kind of game and have friends, I would absolutely recommend it. If you're alone or uncertain if you'd like this kind of game, like maybe you haven't played this kind of game before, like I typically don't play a lot of shooters, and I haven't played like Team Fortress 2, which is the one this is most commonly compared to, I would say hold off, uh, see if they put out some kind of like demo you can try out. I wouldn't be surprised if within about four months of launch, they had sort of a limited server that had maybe one character of each of the four classes available, and they're like, oh, you can play this, and it's limited, uh, you know, check it out, it has two maps or something, you know, just to give people a taste of what it's like, because jumping into a full-price game like this, um, it's really, it's probably not going to be the best idea for a lot of people. Because unlike single-player games, which have, you know, that sort of core campaign and then, you know, multiplayer on top of that, this doesn't have any kind of single-player campaign. So while you could stick to playing AI matches and being, you know, a group of five people versus AI, you know, that's a lot easier than doing PvP. But if you find out you don't really like it, you know, you're kind of stuck. You don't have a lot of choices. I mean, I guess that's true of any game. But I think more so than other ones, it's kind of got a bit steeper of, um I don't know if I'd call it an entry point, but if you don't really like the style, there isn't any sort of, well, just play it super casually and just do the solo campaign and sort of ease into it. There isn't the option for that because it doesn't exist. There is one note I would say to be cautious about because this is something I have to be really, really mindful of myself. Currently, and this could change in the future, Overwatch takes quite a bit of bandwidth. Normally, this isn't an issue at school. It's usually as fast as a home landline. In recent times, it's been really bad and places which are not school are much slower. So, you got to be really mindful of how much bandwidth you have if you are playing wirelessly like me and you do need to go to public locations. You always have to watch out for firewalls and, you know, are they going to block games? That's always a thing for any game you play. But in terms of bandwidth, if you are familiar with the numbers, I would say you probably need about at least six, if not eight uh, Mbps 
download, and then I would guess probably around 5 Mbps upload to be safe and not get any lag. If you drop below that, you're going to see some lag, you're going to see some rubber banding, you're going to see some characters just standing around for a few seconds not actually doing anything. And in something that moves this quickly, you really need a stable and solid connection. So like I said, normally I play at school and it's normally fine. It's normally about 30 to 50 down and then 20 up. But there are some times, like the last few weeks, it's dropped down to basically 10% of that. It'd be around 5 down and like maybe 1 up. And when it gets into those and it sort of you know gets wibbly-wobbly and goes up and down slightly, it can get really problematic to play and I just usually don't bother playing because, you know, those times where you're shooting, you're shooting, you're shooting, and then you get stuck for three seconds, you know, it, it's over. You're probably dead. There have been times where I've been playing, I come around a corner, I don't even see anybody, I get stuck for three seconds, and then when I, you know, quote-unquote, wake up, uh, you know, I'm dead, and I see the kill cam, and there were actually three people around the corner, and they just totally killed me. So, you know, if you have any kind of lag, even if it's just for one second, you know, playing that support character, you know, you're going to lose track of the person you're healing or you're going to lose track of the people you're protecting. And it'll get really, really problematic. So be very mindful if you are on a slower connection. This is probably not going to be something you'll be able to play easily. It doesn't take a ton of speed. Like I said, you know, like 10 uh, Mbps down and 3 up is fairly common on super slow home connection. A home connection on the average is going to be like 50 and I don't know, at least 25 up. So you should have no problem at all on a regular home connection. But like I said, if you are a wireless or, you know, like me, you're going through a school connection or maybe uh, you want to play at work and it's okay to play at work, you know, you, you might want also be mindful of that. And there are ways to check that. I will uh, link a thing in my notes, if I remember, uh, speedtest.net, I think it is. And you can see, and then it's, uh, you know, just watch the numbers and, and tell uh, if, if you're any good or not. And, and you'd know from other games you're playing if you're okay or not. But uh, be mindful that this takes more bandwidth than pretty much all the other online games I've seen. So even if you are totally fine in something like Heroes of the Storm, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be okay all the time for Overwatch. And that's all my thoughts. I don't know if I'll do another sort of review until maybe a big patch or maybe some new characters or new maps come out. I don't see that anything would change. Uh, like I said, I would recommend it if you are very into this thing or if you definitely have friends that would play it. It's absolutely better with friends. As a solo player, even if I had money, I don't know I'd feel that thrilled about it solo. It's certainly fun. I am probably playing it more than anything else these days because I'm super sad and it's the new thing. So that's, you know, helpful. But as something I would be playing solo all the time, I don't know, I'd probably get tired of it after probably a few months because, you know, with no friends, it's it's just the same sort of thing over and over and there's no real huge challenge or goal or sort of get strategies to work out, you know, oh, we did really good against these guys, but kind of bad against those guys. You know, there's still that stuff to figure out by yourself, but it's really meant to be played as a team, you know, of five people. So, 
you know, figuring out the strategy for individual characters, not so good because you don't have the other characters that you'd be working with. You don't know what they're going to be. So, uh, you know, again, I would, I would recommend caution for an individual slash solo player, but very definitely recommend it for friends or if you know people that might play, uh, eventually. <laughs> it would be okay for that too. So like I said, the Tom Clancy's The Division beta second weekend happened. I did get to max level. I probably didn't play more than about six hours, though, because leveling was quite a bit faster. I would assume that's because I know what I'm doing now instead of, you know, not knowing before. There was one new mission unlocked and one new skill unlocked. Everything else was locked in the exact same fashion as before. The level cap was the same. And loot, from what I saw, was exactly identical in terms of, you know, it could be this or that that you're going to get. I saw no new loot types and no special new drops that I hadn't seen before. Like I said before, this all really concerns me as to how much total content there is and how much playability there is overall. It doesn't seem like there's going to be all that much because they are so guarded about what they're showing. Something that concerns me even more is that I saw sort of a developer video of, you know, quote-unquote high-level gameplay. He was level 27, I think, of a total 30. And even though the numbers were 10 times bigger than the numbers I had in terms of, you know, stat numbers and damage numbers, if you took those numbers away, it would look the exact same as the beta weekend's, um, you know, content that ranged from level 4 to 8. It looked the exact same. He was shooting similar type weapons. Sure, he had different abilities he was using, but they were basically just, you know, the higher end version of basic abilities you had. The AI he was fighting, you know, moved around in very similar slash exactly similar ways in terms of they would seek cover like this, they would move like that, they would, you know, sort of charge forward or advance like this. It was all the exact same kind of AI behavior. So that makes me really, really concerned. It's like, really, if you take away the numbers, the end game content looks the exact same as the low-level slash training area content. That's kind of a bad sign. Again, I think they're really, really limiting themselves with you know, the sort of real-world slash modern game setting. I think if it would have been science fiction and it had some aliens and you mix things around a bit, I think that would have given them a lot more freedom to work with. All being humans, like I said, you know, I I predicted they would be very similar and behave very similarly. From this video, that's exactly what it is. They all, you know, act very similar. So while I think the core of the game is really strong, I think their setting is really going to kill them. I think it'll be interesting for people for a while. But I would guess that that while is probably going to be about three or four months before they're like, okay, we're done. We're doing the same thing over and over and over. And the bad guys are all the same. We're really tired of this. So I wouldn't be surprised if they got 
tired of it even quicker than they got tired of Destiny. Because even Destiny, which has, you know, science fiction setting and it has different kinds of factions and the different factions act differently, even that people got tired of really quickly. I mean, I guess, you know, that could work in a counter-argument if they're going to get tired of it with it being differently anyways. Uh, you know, why does that matter? I don't know. I think the hardcore people will probably get tired of the division within a month, maybe two. So I don't know. I think they're really hurting themselves and limiting themselves in quite a lot of ways that are not good. So again, for that reason, I think people really should hold off and wait for reviews and see what reviews say and wait maybe that first week. See those, you know, hardcore players, see how fast they level up, see how tired they get of, you know, that same, same, same content. See how quickly people are looking like they're going to burn out. And then, you know, maybe uh, at least you'll pick it up cheaper, that's for sure. But, you know, then you can gauge, you know, are the people going to stick around? Is there going to be a player base of the type of people that are going to be doing the content that I would be interested in? You know, all those answers will probably be answered pretty quickly after launch. So I would recommend, unless you are a super hardcore fan, to, you know, wait and sort of see what reviews say. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. Ha ha ha. The following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be thanking Sean R. for the most generous donations. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. So that's it for this week's ramblings. Things are getting super bad. I'm getting very, very, very few donations lately. There's costs coming up, which are piling up, and that's going to get bad very quickly. I don't know what to do about that. Some things I can sort of ignore, but there's going to be consequences for any of the things I ignore. So donations and help is most certainly needed and wanted and appreciated. And I'm always super, super grateful for, you know, what I've gotten so far, but still with no income, um, certainly no reliable income, things are getting very bad very quickly. So please try and consider helping and spreading the word to those who you might know who are kind and generous people and who would be interested in helping me out until I'm back on my feet. And I don't know what I'll talk about next time. Like I said, I don't have anything new going on except for what I got, you know, in beta. My phone, uh, which, you know, was something I could consider once upon a time, is now getting so outdated. Nothing that comes out is pretty much compatible because it's stuck on an older iOS version and everything needs the new version pretty much. I might look for, you know, other free things, maybe on Steam or something, but 
pretty much I'm, I'm super sad all the time. And so, you know, motivation to look around and do things like that is pretty low, uh, especially with finals coming up at the last couple of weeks of school. So very busy with all of that stuff too. But I don't know, um, you know, there's my wish list and there's a few games on it. So I'm always hopeful maybe people will send a surprise gift. Bunny Day is coming up, so <laughs> there's Bunny Day. But mostly I'm worried, you know, about all the things that I need to pay for that are not fun things. Which makes things extra sad. But hopefully everybody out there is not having a sad life like me and doing okay. And I'll probably not do one next week, but hopefully I'll see everybody the week after that. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2016 by Eric Stryker, a.k.a. Rabbit.